All right. Well, very good. So today I am uh, speaking with Emily Kuntz of Trinity Oak Wellness. Uh, did I get that right, Emily? Trinity Oak Wellness? Trinity. Trinity Oak Acupuncture and Wellness. Acupuncture and Wellness. Um, yes. And so, thank you. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and so, I got connected with Emily through another practitioner that um, she and I mutually know. And, you know, it, it was funny because, um, you know, Emily, I was talking to, I didn't tell you this yet. I was talking to Jennifer and um, she said, Do you know Emily Kuntz? And I said, No, I don't. I don't. She goes, You need to know Emily Kuntz. You need to connect with Emily Kuntz. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's when I had reached out to you um, uh, to, to learn a little bit more about what you do. Um, and so, you know, you and I were talking just a few minutes ago, but for, for the audience, you know, that's been the hope with uh, these interviews is to put other types of practitioners out before. Um, you know, specifically my audience in this case, but hopefully other audiences as well to, to understand that there are other treatment options, other, uh, as you put it earlier, other well-qualified practitioners out there that it's not just a conventional approach. Maybe, you know, maybe people have tried, you know, the conventional approach for whatever their issue is pain. Um, you know, uh, we're going to get into some of what you do with some of the women's health and infertility. And, um, there's just, there's more out there. Um, and I, th I think people run into a wall, uh, once they've gone through the conventional approach and, um, you know, it's, it's important to get that out there. So I'm looking forward to, um, talking more about, uh, what you do, but, um, would you mind just sharing with the audience uh, a little bit more about yourself and, um, you know, what you do specifically, I know, I know it's more than just acupuncture, sure. Um, sure. so get into what you do and then how you came to, to do that. Sure. I'd love to, thank you for having me. Um, I've been in practice for almost two decades and, um, I fell in love with Chinese medicine when I was 18, actually, what happened was, um, at the age of 15, I was in a car accident and I had a herniated disc L5 S1. I went through all the diagnostic criteria, the testing, um, myelograms, MRIs. And then I had, um, a series of facet injections and epidural injections. And I went through, um, couple of years of being in pain, but then managed, um, with those approaches and they were temporary. And finally, um, after giving up one of my loves, um, which was golf, but I had so much pain, I couldn't really play it, um, was they wanted to start looking into doing surgery. And my mother, um, she said, you know, I've got a great friend who has low back pain and he's tried acupuncture uh, with Dr. Sonny Chernley. And why don't we try this before you, we, we do surgery? Um, and so by that time I was 18 and I started seeing her and I would see her every week and I would come in, she would look at my tongue. She would look at and take my pulse, which was absolutely fascinating. She would ask me questions and I would say, yeah, actually that is going on. And she, and I started, uh, working together and my pain started to go away and it stayed away. And I truly began to heal. Fast forward, um, I then got into um, UT Austin down the nursing at the nursing school. And I would drive up on the weekends about once a month to go see Dr. Chernley. 
but she started working with my hormones because I was on the pill to regulate my cycles as many women uh, who come to see me um, are on the pill and want to get off the pill. And I wanted to get off of it. I didn't want to be on any other medications, but my cycle wasn't coming back. And she started to help me at that time with balancing my hormones, a whole nother world of acupuncture and Chinese medicine. And that began to work. I became regulated. And I said, Dr. Sunny, I want to do what you do. And she said, if you want to go to school, then you need to move to California because that's going to be where the best schools are. And God led the way. My mom actually was moving out to Orange County and I moved out and went to school and enrolled in the master's program of science and traditional Chinese medicine down in San Diego and never looked back. And so, um, a little bit about myself though, to go back to that. I, like I said, I've, I've been in practice for almost two decades. Um, I did postgraduate work in both China, uh, in the hospitals and, um, the outpatient clinics. I worked with gynecologists over in China and then also, um, in the neurology department. So people who had had strokes, Bell's palsy, um, and I did internships in um, different various places while I was in school. I really loved women's health in our training. We had many um, doctors from China and Australia and in the US that really influenced um, many of the students uh, heavily in Chinese medicine as it relates to women's health. Um, so my foundation was laid, but then I, as I graduated and went on and did postgraduate work and I went to China and then I actually moved over and lived in Melbourne, Australia and worked with a physician over there who specialized in treating infertility and PCOS. Uh, there's one in 10 women now that are struggling with PCOS. So this is a real huge issue, especially for those women who want to start a family or grow a family. But um, I did work over in Melbourne uh, under him and learned uh, even more about Chinese herbal medicine and how to use it incorporating that with acupuncture. And then moved back here and started working with a group of physicians in Fort Worth that were gynecologists. And that's really the beginning of my career. Um, I've been married for 17 years and we've got three children that keep us busy. <laughs> and uh, my practice is over in the Clear Fork, Fort Worth area. Perfect. Yeah. And, and I appreciate that you, um, you added that last part in about family. Cause I think, you know, oftentimes we get so focused on our world as practitioners that we forget um, one who our support is and why we do what we do. And a lot of times, um, like I know, I know a big reason that, um, that I treat some of the ways I treat is because of our own family's, uh, health history. So it's almost, it's almost forgotten sometimes as practitioners that we have, we have families and they're a lot mm -hmm. of times a big driving factor in, in some of the things we do. Um, right. So perfect. So there's some things that you said that I definitely want to come back 
come back and uh, touch on. But um, <clears throat> before we did that, I think it'd probably be good. Um, so you mentioned both uh, acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine. Uh, could you talk more about um, acupuncture in general? You know, I think most people are familiar with acupuncture, that it's out there. But could you talk more mm-hmm. in general about what acupuncture is in, in general, what what the effects it can have on the body are, and then maybe even same thing for uh, traditional Chinese medicine. You know, what is different about traditional Chinese medicine from a conventional or more Western medicine approach? Sure. Great question. So what I'll do is I'll start off with what traditional Chinese medicine is because traditional Chinese medicine is the umbrella. And then the pillars underneath the umbrella are going to be acupuncture, moxibustion, cupping, gua sha, Chinese herbal medicine, and nutrition. Acupuncture is where we will use um, different size needles, uh, different parts of the body. There's over 2,000 acupuncture points, front and back, top and bottom of the body. And with acupuncture, what we do is it's really trying to bring a balance to the body by helping the body go into the parasympathetic. So there is this communication with the nervous system. And from there, because of the recipe of certain acupoints, it communicates a message to the body to bring the body into balance the way that God has designed it so that it can heal itself. So it communicates on a cellular level level. It, we call it chi, but it's actually energy because we are using metal or golden or silver needles. And so that transmits the energy throughout the body. What happens, especially with someone with pain is that when you insert certain points, it will help release endorphins. And therefore you're not only bringing the body into the parasympathetic, but you're also helping to release the endorphins. So therefore the pain starts to decrease with someone who's dealing with pain. When we're dealing with someone like, for instance, the bulk of my practice is infertility. What we're doing is we're trying to find a natural rhythm or wake up a system that we say in Chinese medicine has fallen asleep. So we're trying to get blood flow circulation to an area such as the womb or the ovaries and the uterus to help bring that blood flow to those ovaries to help the developmental aspect of the follicles and the eggs. So Acupuncture is about moving the chi, moving any blockages. We call it stagnation. Really what that really translates into in Western medicine and how it differentiates from Western medicine is that you're opening vasodilating and really communicating with the nervous system. We in Chinese medicine or traditional Chinese medicine practitioners look at the, and this is where it really differs from Western medicine is that it encompasses the entire body. So it's mind, body, and spirit. So when we're taking the pulses, 
we're feeling not necessarily the beats per minute, but we're also taking the pulse to understand what is happening with each organ system energetically. And from there, we derive a treatment plan or the recipe of points that we will use to treat the body. And acupuncture is not a one and done kind of treatment modality. It is memory medicine. So it helps the body start a process. We continue that treatment and then the body starts to catch on and find that balance or that harmony. Very good. So um, it, it's interesting to hear you talk about um, the relationship to the to the nervous system. And so that you and I, that makes perfect sense. But I think in general, the thought about acupuncture is most people don't don't think about acupuncture in the nervous system. They think about the chi, maybe like maybe they they um, have heard about that. But it's always interesting to me because there's a lot of things that I'll do that are not conventional treatment. And so whenever I can come back and say, oh, well, we we know that this is working because of the anatomy here, or this is the way physiology works. And so whenever I, I can connect something that seems like it's far out or way, way more alternative than what maybe a lot of people are used to, when you can bring it back to, this is the way that we were designed. This is how anatomy and physiology work. Um, to me, it just validates that even more. So to hear you talk about how, you know, using, using the acupuncture points and the needles and, and how that communicates with the nervous system and specifically the parasympathetic nervous system that, that rest, digest and heal. Um, you know, that's, that's, I think, speaking a language that, um, a lot of people that maybe are on the fence about, um, you know, whether it's acupuncture, traditional Chinese medicine, or just an alternative, um, treatment treatment protocol in general can get on board with and be like, oh yeah, the nervous system, that makes sense. There's, there's other things that we do to treat the nervous system. This is just another way to go about doing that. Um, that's, so right. that that's great to, to hear that. Um, so you've mentioned a couple of times, um, the pulses now, and I'm really curious because I've, I've known a couple of acupuncturists over the years and I, and I see them check pulses and, um, you know, and I've seen them do like the radial pulse at the wrist and, you know, the, each finger's feeling for something different, but, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. does it, this is more of a, a question, just, I'm curious, but does, does different pulses in the body tell you different things like the radial pulse versus say like the, the pulse at the top of the foot, like the, um, the dorsal pedal pulse or, you know, the, the pulse at the neck, like do all those mm-hmm. have different meanings to you? Yes. So what we do and what, how we're trained is we spend a lot of time on many bodies, taking the pulses on both wrists, because on each of the wrists, we have three different positions and three different levels. So when I'm taking the pulse on a patient on the left side of their wrist at that radial, Mm -hmm. I'm taking and listening to, I'm really listening because we've learned a technique to understand qualities of how the pulse will feel. Is it choppy? Is it slippery? Is it thready? These are qualities. And the more and more that we have to feel these pulses, we start to understand what does a slippery pulse feel like? So for instance, on the left side, the very first position, 
we're feeling for the heart, the heart in itself. So these organ systems, lung, liver, gallbladder, heart, we are having to take the Western physiology into consideration when we're feeling the heart pulse. Also on the left side is the liver and then the adrenal or the kidney, the left kidney. So for instance, we are under looking and feeling what's happening in those pulse qualities associated with those organ systems in relation to what those organ systems do in the body. So the heart, for instance, because again, in our medicine, it's all encompassing the, the entire body. We're feeling qualities about how is the heart, especially the heart, because it relates to joy or lack of joy. How is it circulating its energy throughout the body? Also, is there a, what we call a choppy sensation in that heart position. And what that could signify is that this person's actually having maybe some chest tension, tightness, pain. So I do a lot of pulse taking as the years have gone by, just as I'm sure you have felt so many bodies. And then you just start to like work intuitively, mm -hmm. I would say that's how my practice has really started to evolve because it really is becoming such a ministry and a, my, my business is a faith-based business. And so when I'm feeling the pulses, I'm also praying for that patient and asking the Lord to lead me to where I need to work on that person's body that I'm just the vessel. So as I've touched and felt so many pulses throughout the years, Really, it's not only guiding me with the organ systems, but it's also leading me to where I need to work with that individual. Yes. Yeah, that, that, that is great. I mean, um, you, know, you talk about intuition and that, that intuitive work that you do. Um, you know, I've had many mentors over the years that, um, and gratefully, they were more than just um, <clears throat> professional mentors. They've also been, um, you know, godly, mostly godly men. I haven't, um, had as many, um, women mentors over the years, just in my path, but there's plenty of women that do what I do. Um, but you know, they've, they've talked about, you know, this intuition and, and paying attention to it or your gut feeling. But, you know, over the years, as I've had students, you know, I'll talk to them about that, but I, I, I kind of talk to them in a similar way that you just talked about is, you know, yes, we're calling this intuition, but, but for somebody that, um, you know, is, is believing that the way that we believe as far as, um, you know, believing, uh, in a Christian belief and that there's a Holy spirit and that, that, that really that intuition is the Holy spirit guiding, um, right. guiding us. And so, uh, I love hearing, hearing you talk about that. And, and I know that's something, um, you want to talk about more. So I want to get into a little bit more about, um, your specific practice, um, you know, the, the types of patients that you, are focusing on at this point and, and some of the reasons why, um, you've already, you know, you've already mentioned a couple of times about, you know, PCOS and I know that one hits home for us. That's something my wife was diagnosed with early on and, you know, over the mm, probably 12 to 13 years now we've learned so much about it because we've had to go on that journey and gone through infertility. And, um, mm -hmm. we've, we've learned so much over the years that if we could go back, I think probably most people would say this, if we could go back, 
there's so many things differently we would do in the beginning, but um, you mentioned one in 10 women um, have PCOS. And um, I know from our experience that PCOS looks different in, in different women. It's not all a one size fits all. And so sometimes it doesn't get recognized. Um, you've also mentioned, um, you know, women come into you to get off of birth control. And mm-hmm. I know there's, there's mm-hmm. plenty of side effects that birth control can have. And so, uh, would you mind getting into a little bit more about just what it is that you focus on and, and why you mm-hmm. uh, chosen to focus on that? Sure. Um, so really the bulk of my practice now, especially after the first of this year, really what I had to start doing was really tapping into Lord, what is it that you really want me to focus on? And that really was women's health in regards to hormonal health, whether that is meeting a woman in her menopausal years and her suffering through the insomnia and the hot flashes. So meeting her there and using acupuncture to balance her body or using herbs or even homeopathy. And so I like to say that um, in modern acupuncture, you can incorporate the classics, um, the foundations of which we practice. However, we have to grow and we have to adapt to what is before us and what we're met with. And I have to also use functional medicine and read labs, supplements, and then also the whole world of homeopathy. And so I've got my hand in a couple of different toolbox or in my toolbox, I've got a couple of different treatments that I can pull out and use. And that's where it's really not a one size fits all. It's really a very individual or individualized treatment um, approach. And so um, I'm also treating women that are trying to conceive naturally. They may be having issues because they're not ovulating. They may be having issues because they have um, inflammation. They may have issues because they um, have some autoimmune. Um, And so we're having to get to the root cause of what that, what that is, and then treating accordingly. Um, I also have different practitioners that I partner with, with some of those patients, and we see them collectively. Um, especially when we're dealing with autoimmunity. Um, And then women that are wanting to get off the birth control pill or get their IUD removed and to help them regulate their cycles. Um, One of my patients, she's been on, she was on the pill for many years and she wants to get off. She's getting married. She knows that in the the near future, they're going to want to try to uh, start a family but she was hesitant at first, even though she wanted to get off of the pill. The reason she was hesitant to get off of it by herself without any kind of treatment was because the reason she was put on the pill was because of her pain. So she partnered with me to help regulate her cycles to move that energy because we say pain comes when there's a stagnation or a blockage. So I started to treat her while she was on the pill, laying that foundation. And then she was able to get off the pill and she has not had any pain because we've laid that foundation and we're really vasodilating 
areas down that lower pelvic area and relaxing the uterus. So women come to me also that are trying to have babies that are going through in vitro and IUI because the studies show how well acupuncture works in conjunction with IVF and how it improves and increases the pregnancy rates. So I'm working with, like I said, women that are naturally trying to conceive, women that are going through IVF and IUI and using acupuncture along with it. And not to mention, it's great for any kind of stress. So you add that in and it's wonderful because we really don't get in our day-to-day that our time, that me time. Mm -hmm. And so it's one hour to really get on the biomat, get your acupuncture and really allow the body to let go, allowing that parasympathetic to really be switched on. That's yeah, absolutely. Um, and you, you mentioned, um, you, you know, I know you just talked about the birth control side of it and, and the, I, you mentioned IUDs and I know in my world, I've had a lot of patients that have come again with, with pain. And, um, that's a lot of times while they why they were put on birth control, which, um, you know, I'm, I don't want to necessarily question the decision there, but it seems like, you know, and this is why we're doing this kind of conversation, right? It's like, it seems like there's so many other opportunities or, or options out there for people to help manage their pain other than getting on a pharmaceutical or putting a, a foreign device in their bodies. And, right. it, and it may not be everybody's choice, but, but to have that awareness that that is out there is, is so important. And, um, because, you know, things like what you do, uh, are going to likely have way more less side effects than, you know, some of the other more conventional options out there. Um, yes. Can you talk, 100%. can you talk a little bit more about some of the, um, the infertility side of, of what you do? And maybe if you have any, uh, specific case examples that you can kind of point to. Sure. Absolutely. So acupuncture or traditional Chinese medicine, what we do with a woman's menstrual cycle is we divide it into four different phases. Our language is different than of what we would use in Western medicine. Although I have to also know that language and speak that language, especially with different doctors that refer to me. So if we are seeing patients for a luteal phase defect, which is post ovulation, because their progesterone levels are not high enough, or they're not, they're high and they're not staying high enough. That is where herbal medicine and acupuncture really helps to start regulating that progesterone level. And so what we do is again, I look for me as a practitioner, I will really put my detective hat on, spend an hour doing the consultation and trying to really understand why it is that there is a luteal phase defect. I'm not saying that's the whole reason why a woman comes to see a practitioner for acupuncture is because of luteal phase defect, but I'm just giving an example. Mm -hmm. And so, because that does play a role into the infertility. So we do, I do a very thorough intake and I'm asking questions about your sleep and I'm asking questions about your menstrual cycle and how many days you're bleeding and what color is the blood? Are there any clots? that sort of thing. 
And once I understand what's going on from a Chinese medical lens, then I can really start to treat that person at the root level. So oftentimes in Chinese medicine, women will have what we call spleen chi deficiency or kidney yang deficiency. And these organ systems relate to the hormones. So the whole hormonal network system is rooted in Chinese medicine in the kidneys. So if we can really start choosing points on the kidney meridian and couple that with where they're at during their cycle. So my patients will always say, Emily always ask me, what day are you? Are you, what cycle day are you? So if they're cycle day 21 and we know, and I use different tools and track my girls when they're ovulating, that we know that they've ovulated. I know that they're in what we call that kidney young phase. And I'm going to use moxibustion, which is a warming herb. I'm going to use kidney points, which are going to help tonify or strengthen the hormones at that phase. And what it's doing again, is it's starting to bring back this balance and to wake up that endocrine system to function properly so that we get a longer luteal phase. Um, one of my most favorite stories I'd love to share is actually, she still is a patient of mine, but this was 16, seven, 16 years ago. And when I was working with a group of physicians, the gynecologist, initially I was doing a lot of their nutrition and she was a nutrition patient of mine. And as I got to really understand what was going on with her, um, she was really wanting to have another baby. They had already had one son but they had gone to um, doctor after doctor and even six failed IVF uh, treatments. They wanted to have another baby. And I said, you know, I think I can really help you. Let's start incorporating some acupuncture. And so she did, we finally got her on the table. We started doing weekly treatments. I started following her phases. Again, those four different phases helping the body remember at each phase what hormones need to be output. The ovaries were waking up. She was beginning to ovulate and then she ended up conceiving. And not only did she conceive, but she also maintained that entire pregnancy to have a healthy baby boy. And that baby boy is now 16 wow. and he actually comes with his mom and he's one of my patients as well. Wow. So that is one of my most favorite stories, um, of all time. Yeah. And, um, it's been such a blessing to be able to not only journey with her back then, um, but also to see their family grow. And then also to now be able to work not only on her, but on her son as well. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that just, it's a very visual image of how you've not only helped that, that family, but now to the next generation, it's, I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a fantastic story. Um, you've mentioned a couple of other things that you do. And, and that, one of the things I want to uh, talk about with you is just, you know, other than acupuncture, um, some of the other approaches uh, that you, you utilize, you mentioned functional medicine, homeopathy, you work, uh, you use herbs. Um, are, are these things that, typically somebody that practices acupuncture would incorporate, or is, are these things that you've also um, gone and gotten separate uh, training for? 
Sure. Great question. So I think in the world of fertility or infertility, especially if you're specializing in that as an acupuncturist during our seminars and our, excuse me, continuing education trainings, we are working so much now with doctors that we are having to put on that functional medicine hat and look at labs and learn how to read labs. And then not only take that from the Western approach, but then also translate that over into Chinese medicine. And so we can use, we have to be very careful now. When I say that if someone's already coming to see us on certain medications, we do have to be very careful with what herbal medicine we use but we have to know that and that's through our trainings and our school and our foundation and going out and getting additional trainings, that sort of thing. So yes, I think in the world, when it comes to fertility or infertility as a practitioner, that many of us do have to also use or utilize those other aspects of medicine as well, because It is so important to be able to really understand, especially when someone's coming to see me and they're, they have a laundry list of what they are taking to even understand what are, what even let's go down to even the prenatal, you know, that prenatal needs to have a methylated section of B vitamins in it, right? Because if you have a gene SNP, that can also also put you at risk for miscarriage. So we have to continue to evolve as practitioners and learn the other side of it as well to be successful and to meet our patients where they're at. Homeopathy um, is also something that I've done additional training with. um, And I do saliva testing to test the hormones and the cortisol levels. Uh, using homeopathy to help correct and the imbalances. So it's not giving the body any hormones. It's actually giving the body the, almost the code, if you will, uh, to communicate so that the body can start making its own hormones again, especially for menopausal or perimenopausal women. And then the Chinese herbal prescriptions sometimes are, um, I write them, Uh, where they powder them at the pharmacy and the patients take that as a tea. Um, Other times it's in tablet or pill form. Um, It's just, again, I really try to meet those patients where they're at in their lifestyle. You know, are they traveling all the time? They can't, they're not going to be making a tea. So tinctures, tablets, capsules are going to be better. And I do incorporate just depending on what that patient um, presents with, I may incorporate a little of all, or just maybe Chinese herbal medicine, or maybe we work just really with more supplements and diet therapy and acupuncture. So you mentioned a couple of things. I don't want to, we don't have to um, go too in depth in it, but just for the sake of um, defining a few terms, you mentioned some things early on. uh, You mentioned like um, looking at the prenatals and needing the methylated vitamins. Um, Would you uh, just kind of briefly explain the methylated vitamins versus the non-methylated. And then you also, and, and sure. you can, you can get into the gene SNP too, you mentioned and, and why, why that matters and how that's related. 
Right. So um, it's a whole nother topic, but what we will say, or what I will say is some women have that gene SNP, which is called MTHFR. So what happens is, is if their OBGYN is giving them prenatals that are not methylated with the folic acid being the methylated folic or folate acid, what can happen is, is it can actually stop the ability to absorb the proper amounts of the methyl tetrafolic acid for a female, for a woman who's trying to conceive. And therefore it can put her at risk for a miscarriage. So we have to be very careful about that. And honestly, it's just an easier way in a broken down form for the body or a woman's body to be able to absorb that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and one of the things, um, you know, I've heard it put like, it's a, like, it's a more readily available form. Is that, yes, that, yeah. it's broken down. It's yeah. broken down because sometimes the women don't have, because of that gene step, they don't have the ability right. to break it down. Right. Um, mm-hmm. so, so I'm curious. So I know one of my, um, favorite resources on some of the, so this kind of gets us into genetics and epigenetics, right. And, um, like you said, that's a whole nother topic, but one of my favorite resources is, is a book um, by um, a naturopath named Ben Lynch uh, called Dirty Genes. Mm-hmm. Are there mm-hmm. are there other resources that if somebody wanted to go read more on? Um, and he's, as far as I understand, he is the the guy for MTHFR. Like I remember, he is when we were going through the um, piece. And, and you know, I mentioned earlier that my wife has PCOS, and uh, twelve or thirteen years ago, we found that out. Um, I don't think we defined PCOS earlier, but just in case anybody's wondering, polycystic ovarian syndrome. Correct. Um, but, um, you know, he, he had a website at the time. It was like mthfr.net. Like it was a bare bones, all, all information website. And, and that was uh, a lot of where we started learning about MTHFR. And, um, but he's now written a book uh, a few years ago called Dirty Genes that kind of breaks down. And one of the chapters focuses on MTHFR. But um, if somebody's wanting to learn more about it, I know that's a good option. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any do you have any other resources you might point them to? I really go in that direction, just like you. Uh, he is the pioneer for that. And also he has if someone is interested in trying to find out more information about that. You can go to his website and he has fantastic supplements called Seeking Health. Mm. And you don't have to have a practitioner's account. You can order that. But he also has the whole um, strategy testing and breaking down those gene SNPs as well for someone who actually wants to know a little bit more or if they have MTHFR and then what products would then benefit them as well. So that really is my go-to place as well. And then also going to different colleagues, different resources, different connections that I have through working with different practitioners in the area. Um, But really to answer your question, yes, that's exactly where I'm going to go. If I'm going to look a little bit deeper into it, he's going to be the person that I, that I'm going to look into. And that's a fantastic book too, by the way. Yeah. Um, And, and the nice thing is, is he's, it's, it's more than just the MTHFR, right? He talks about other ones as well. And really he kind of gives you a a checklist to, to help decide, okay, maybe I am struggling with this one based off of, I feel this, I feel this, I have this, I have that. Um, so yeah, it, it's a 
great book. Yeah, um, I agree. So I want, I wanted to make sure that you had the chance to um, talk a little bit more about something else um, that you had mentioned. I don't know if you got into as much of it as you want, but I know you had mentioned to me earlier that, um, and, and I thought about this after you told me about the story um, of your patient and then now your son. And, you know, it, it's mm-hmm. more than just seeing a generation that you're changing or a family that you're changing, but you've mentioned that, that the work that you do is faith-based and that this is really a ministry um, mm-hmm. to women. Is there anything more that you mm-hmm. want to talk about um, mm-hmm. on that aspect? Yeah. You know, I think so many women that come to see me have come to see me because they've gone through such a journey of being hopeless, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's, I can't have another child. Um, my body's not working for me. I'm broken. Um, I've tried IVF and IUI. Um, I have, you know, unexplained infertility, right? And so um, it's really an opportunity for um, and a great time to be able to sit down with these women because our medicine is so multifaceted. It's not just a let's fix the, the physical. It's also, gosh, so much of on the emotional and the spiritual level as well. And the beauty of acupuncture is the name of some of the points are, have a spiritual or an emotional component, component to it as well. And that's where really we can combine all of it together and really treat the entire being of that person. But to go back to answer that question, it really has evolved over time to really be at the very core of my practice where my faith is also tied into my, what I get to do. So it's not just living it at home and living it out there in the world as a believer, but also bringing that into my practice with these women and being able to pray with them, you know, um, when they're, when they're so down or feeling so hopeless, being able to pray with them, especially if women are going through their IVF embryo transfer, and they're so nervous about it, just to be able to put my hands over them and to start praying for them. And then even women that are pregnant, you know, I feel such a deep call right now to pray for these babies that are coming into this world. And so while these women are pregnant is also when I'm taking their pulse, I'm also praying for them as well. And praying before I come to work that the Lord would just speak through me and work through me that I'd be the acupuncturist and keep my hands that I'm just that tool, that vessel. But it, it, it is an opportunity to be able to share my faith and to let um, those women see how God has a perfect plan at the perfect time and that he is, he's, he's showing them and teaching them so many things about just leaning in and trusting him as well. So I really, that's, that's really, you know, as an acupuncturist, um, you know, it's unique because Mm -hmm. I think when many people think of acupuncture, they think of the esoteric side of it. And yes, it can be that way, but really my call has been to incorporate this head knowledge, Mm -hmm. right. With all the trainings, Mm -hmm. but then also be led by the Holy spirit because this really is an opportunity where I can bring women closer to their, um, closer to Christ or help bring them to Christ. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's, it's really a beautiful marriage between 
the, with the medicine, because again, it's this whole body approach, the physical and the emotional and the spiritual as well. Awesome. Yeah. And I, and I think a lot of people are going to be, um, you know, I, I couldn't think of the word earlier, but esoteric, um, is, is the right word. Like a lot of people, when they think of acupuncture, that's the aspect of them, of it, that they'll, they'll think about, and that might deter them from seeking out somebody like you that really could help them and has really taken, like you said, that head knowledge, um, and really integrated it into, um, your world and your faith and, um, that they're going to be much more comfortable uh, with that. Cause you know, in the end, you know, everything was created by God. And so even though, you know, these, these treatments may have, um, you know, these, these origins that seem like they are not in line spiritually with, you know, somebody's beliefs, ultimately, you know, somebody like, like you, who, who has, you know, a Christian belief has been able to navigate that world and then bring it back to, you know what, God is who designed this body and he designed the systems in this body to function this way. And the knowledge that he has given men and women about how the body functions is ultimately from him, whether, whether it's, you know, somebody that believes that or not. And so I, I really appreciate one, you sharing that. Um, but two, just knowing that you're out there and, and that there are other people out there that have really taken an approach that um, for a lot of, you know, probably for a lot of Christians, especially conservative Christians have really said, no, I'm not going to get into that world. And I, and I think yoga can be a similar um, mm-hmm. scenario. A lot of people have said, I'm not going to get into that world because of the origins of that, but to be able to redeem some of those things, um, and, and still practice them in a way that brings honor and glory to God. I think it, I mean, that's an amazing, uh, way to practice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank um, you. It's such an honor. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, well, as far as what you do, um, at your practice, is there any, anything else, any other services or any other parts of your practice that we haven't talked about that you want to mention or talk more about? I think that we really have hit it all. Um, and I think too, just to leave the the listeners with knowing that, um, that there are other, uh, ways for the body to be able to heal wholly. And, um, that, really, um, when you're seeking out an acupuncturist, um, you want to look for qualifications that they're state board, uh, certified mm. or NCC AOM certified, um, acupuncturists, um, or, or chiropractors that are practicing acupuncture. They're really using it, um, as like dry needle right. And really going into like trigger points Mm -hmm. and releasing those trigger points. And that's fantastic because people can get some great relief from that. Um, as an acupuncturist, um, though it is different because Mm -hmm. they're hitting on one system. Mm -hmm. And while that might be great and fantastic for the pain relief, 
if we're looking at really treating the in the body internally and bringing that body back into balance that's where qualified acupuncturist is really important to seek out and if anyone is interested in trying to find an acupuncturist in their area they are more than welcome to um DM me on, um, the Instagram account, which is Trinity Oak acupuncture, uh, or they can send me an email at Emily at Trinity Oak wellness.com. Perfect. Um, and that's perfect. Cause that's also, you know, I was going to ask you, where can people find you? You mentioned the Instagram account, Trinity Oak acupuncture. Um, your, and your website you said was a great resource. Um, and yes. tell, uh, tell the audience your website. I don't want to, I want to make sure I don't get it wrong. Oh, it's okay. It's Trinity Oak wellness.com. Okay. Trinity Oak wellness.com. And now, um, you know, when I, when I post, um, this, I'll make sure I link to, to those things as well. So that way it's easy for everybody to, um, to find you and to, to get those resources. Um, you might've just answered that last question that you and I talked about, but I want to give you the opportunity. If you had anything else, if you could leave the audience with one takeaway, what would it be? That always, always know that when you are feeling hopeless, that there is always another way and not to give up and really to pray for discernment because the Lord really will put the right person, the right practitioner in your path to help you along your healing journey. It's very good. Very good. Um, well, Emily, I, I have thoroughly enjoyed talking with you. Um, I feel like I've probably got only more questions, um, for you. So, um, hopefully at some point we can, we can chat more about, um, some specific things, but I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today. And I think, I think this conversation is going to help a lot of people. Thank you. I, I hope so too. Thank you for having me. It's been Absolutely. such a pleasure. Absolutely. Absolutely.